Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. John chapter number 2, 1 John chapter number 2, I want to read a verse of scripture there, amen. How many feels the Lord this morning? Praise God. 1 John chapter number 2, and I'll begin reading there with verse 1, my little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not yours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not, and if any man sin, We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And I simply just want to use as a subject title here this morning with the Lord's help, you have the advantage. You have the advantage. Praise God. Let's lift up our hands to him and give praise to him right now all across this building. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Let's pray. For the touch of God in this place, we need Him. We need His strength. We need His guidance in this service. God, we pray, Lord, for Your anointing. We're praying, God, for Your touch. We're praying that You would bless and help, strengthen God, and minister to every soul that is in this place. We know, God, that everything we attempt to do without Your anointing is in vain. It's Your anointing that makes the difference. And I am praying, God, that a difference be made here this morning in the lives of people. We thank you for it. We give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, would you love the Lord and give Him praise right now all across this place. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, and you can be seated. Before any two opponents enter into an arena of competition, whether it be in sports or in a business-type setting, each competitor's strengths and weaknesses are meticulously analyzed. For instance, in the world of business, uh, part of the uh, preparation for a company or a business venture is uh, what is called a SWOT analysis. Simply, that is an acronym that means strengths, weakness, opportunities, and threats. And this is to help, this analysis that is performed is to help uh, be able to predict and to be able to gauge the performance of the business in the marketplace or whatever it is that they're attempting to do. We also see this in sports teams sometimes or whatever the competition is where each opponent is sized up and uh, maybe uh, the advantages and disadvantages and maybe one side is going to exploit uh, the disadvantages of the other and these things are capitalized on. The idea in business is to find a specific area of the marketplace that would give them the advantage. This would be the market's edge. This would be the thing that they would endeavor to capitalize on as a company, corporation, or business. And the success of that business comes down to those leading it being able to recognize that advantage and their ability to exploit that advantage. And this is not only applicable in business or in sports, but I think it's also applicable to us spiritually, probably more here 
than in any other area. You have advantages as a child of God. There's no question about it. And I think most of us are aware of the fact that we have advantages by being a part of God's kingdom. First of all, we have the blood. First John chapter number 1 and verse 7, And the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanseth us from all sin. This blood is powerful enough to not just cover, but it's able to cleanse. It's able to eradicate. It's able to wash away. It's able to totally take care of the sin. And I note there that it said all sin. I know you and I, we, we, we tend to stratify sin. We put it in different levels. But uh, when it comes to the blood of Jesus, it's able to overcome even the most filthy, even the most uh, darkest and, and uh, the sin that we would deem as the worst. It's able to cleanse from all sin. It doesn't leave any remnants behind. Amen. It doesn't leave any residue behind. Most of you know what it is to have uh, stains upon clothing or maybe it's stains in the carpet that have uh, uh, the ability that seems like come back and to return and, and to constantly resurface. But aren't you thankful that when it comes to the blood of Jesus, it gets down to the root of the problem. And it doesn't leave any room for it to ever come back if we'll continue to walk in the Spirit and in the grace of God. We don't have to worry about that thing resurfacing in our life. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. Ephesians chapter number 1 and verse 7 says, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. In other words, there's an abundance of this. Amen. It, it, it's not just enough, but it's more than enough. The abundance, uh, amen, that it's talking about here, the riches of His grace. Aren't you thankful that we have a God that works in abundance, uh, that we have a God that has not just enough. Uh, amen. He doesn't have a limit to, to what He's able to do, but He's able to save. He's able to set free, and He's able to cleanse us of our sin. He doesn't get to a certain point and say, well, that's, that's too much, or that's too big, or, or that's a bigger job than what I'm able to do. But God is able to handle every situation in our life if we have faith to believe Him. And then in Hebrews chapter number 10 and verse 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Amen. We're not worthy to be in the presence of God. We're not worthy to enter into that holy place. And we know the example of that goes all the way back to the Old Testament and the holiest of holies and how that even the priest was limited and how much he could visit that place. But since Jesus Christ shed His blood on Calvary, the Bible says that the veil that separated man from that holy place has been rent in twain, giving all of us an open access, an invitation to come. In fact, the writer said that we can boldly come before the throne of grace and find help in the time of need. Aren't you thankful that we have access? Praise the Lord. And that blood that was shed, because we're not worthy in ourselves and there's nothing that we could do on our own to make us worthy. Amen. But it's through the blood of Jesus Christ being applied to our lives. Amen. That cleanses us and makes us worthy. Amen. To stand in that place. To receive His Spirit. When we talk about the holies of holies, uh, I believe with all of my heart that is typical of our experience that we have in the Holy Ghost today. In other words, that is a type and a shadow of what was to come, that God was going to give ability to man to have a relationship with Him 
where that he was not just accessed from time to time by one specific person, but everybody could enter into the priesthood per se. Everybody could have an opportunity to come into that presence. Everybody could experience it. And he said, I'm not just going to dwell in a certain place, but I am going to dwell in you. I've been with you, but I'm going to dwell in you. That is the promise and the experience of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. And so it's the blood of Jesus it's the blood of Jesus that gives us that advantage of being able to come into His presence. I'm going to tell you that's a tremendous advantage, folks, to be able to come into this place. Amen. Like the psalmist said, the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous run into and are safe. Praise the Lord. Aren't you thankful that you can run into the presence of God? When there's trouble, when there's challenge, when there's resistance, when there is need, you can run into the presence of Almighty God and know that every need that you have can be supplied in the presence of the Lord. My Bible said in His presence is fullness of joy and at His right hand are pleasures forevermore. Everything that you have need of, in fact, every spiritual appetite that you have can be satisfied in the presence of Almighty God. You don't have to look any further. I said you don't have to, you don't have to search anymore, but you can come into the presence of Almighty God and find that your soul would be satisfied through the Spirit of our God, through the experience of the Holy Ghost, through running into that place. Amen. And being in His presence. Amen. I find everything that I have need of in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. And it's His blood that, that makes us worthy. Who could forget this verse of Scripture concerning the blood? Revelation 12 and 11 they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Not through their own strength. Not through their own ability. Not because they had strong human will. Not because they had extraordinary talents. No, but they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. There's things that you'll never overcome. There's Situations that you'll never rise above. There's curse upon each and every one of us that we in ourselves cannot, cannot conquer. Amen. But it's through the blood of Jesus. Amen. He said it's not by works of righteousness which you have done. And he said uh, lest any man should boast about it and be able to say it's because of something that I was able to accomplish or I was able to do, but we know that it's the blood of Jesus that makes us worthy. It's the blood of Jesus that helps us to conquer. It's the blood of Jesus. I feel like preaching about that blood here this morning. I feel like helping somebody and, 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 and encouraging somebody in the Holy Ghost today that you too can find that crimson stream. You too can be changed and cleansed. Amen. And your sins washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's an advantage. You can overcome. It doesn't matter what sin and how many times you've tripped and stumbled over it and what control that it seemed to have upon your life and what dominance it seemed to have. And it doesn't matter how far it goes back in your family. It doesn't matter how far it goes back through your lineage. You can find freedom through the blood of Jesus. You can be a new man through the blood of Jesus. You can be a new woman through the blood of Jesus. You can find help through the blood of Jesus. Oh, somebody ought to thank you for that blood today. That's an advantage. That's an advantage. I'll tell you about another advantage is to know the name and have a revelation of the name of Jesus. I'm not going to spend a lot of time there because most of us are very... Uh, we're, we're very learned when it comes to the name. And we, we, we do have a revelation of the name. 
aren't you thankful that you know and have a covenant with the name of Jesus? If you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you have a covenant with that name. Amen. Acts 4 and 12 tells us that neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. So salvation includes the name. But can I say that staying saved also includes the name. And, and you, need to, you need to have an understanding of the power of that name, a revelation of what you're invoking when you cry out or call and pray to that name. Amen. And the advantage that it gives you because the Bible tells me that we have the power through the name of Jesus to bind and loose. He said, whatsoever you bind in heaven or bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. There's times that we've got to bind the works of the enemy. There's times that we've got to confront the works of the enemy with the name of Jesus. There's times we've got to stand flat-footed and look at Slewfoot right in his eyes and say, you're not going to take another step forward and I'm invoking not my own power, but I have the name of Jesus upon me. Amen. I went down in a watery grave in the name of Jesus for the remission of my sins and when I took on that name I took on power I took on authority amen I can invoke his name because he gives me that right amen I read in his word that I can call on his name I read in his word where I can run into that place where his name and his banner is above me amen I'm thankful for the name because there's power there's authority in the name of Jesus, there's power to heal. There's power to set free. There's power to deliver. There's power to bind. There's power to rebuke. At the name of Jesus. Oh, come on. Some of you have been taking too much from the devil. You need to stand up and call on the name of the Lord. Point your finger in his face and say, look here. I have a name that is higher and holier than any other name. A name that every tongue's going to confess to. A name that every knee's going to bow to. It's the name of Jesus. God, praise God. I feel something happening even in this atmosphere right now. I feel something breaking loose even in this house as I preach. Amen. Because the name of Jesus, when it's lifted up, when it's called upon, amen, when it's invoked by a child of God, there's something that happens in the atmosphere. That's why the devil, that's why the devil, he doesn't know what to do. Amen. When a child of God that has a revelation that it's not Jehovah Junior that I'm calling on. It's not the sec second person in a fictitious trinity that I'm calling upon. But I'm calling upon that name. Amen. That he has placed that is higher and holier than any other. Amen. That when I call upon that name, I'm calling upon all the power of God. I'm calling upon that one that is able to to cause the Red Sea to part. I'm calling upon that one that is able to flood the earth. I'm calling upon that one, amen, that is able to bring Jericho's walls down. I'm calling upon that one that is able to shut the mouths of hungry lions. I'm calling upon that one that is able, amen, to give us victory when we only have 300 men against an army that is numbered with the sands of the sea. I'm calling upon that name that is powerful enough to open prison doors to open blinded eyes amen to cause the lame to walk and the deaf to hear amen and the mute to speak I'm talking about the name of Jesus neither is there salvation in any other there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved somebody give praise to that name Somebody give some worship to that name. Somebody lift up and glorify that name with me. Woo. 
Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, ye are sanctified, but ye are justified. How? In the name in the name of the Lord Jesus, by the Spirit of our God. I took on His name in baptism. When I went down in water, it was more than just symbolic. It was more than just ritualistic. I took on the name of Jesus as a remission. Amen. Sin that had a hold and grip on you. When you went down in that watery grave, the Bible says that it was immediately abated at that time. When you repented and went down in Jesus' name, there was remission that took place. Amen. It may have been wrecking havoc in your life before. But suddenly it was stopped. Amen. It came to a dead end. It could go no further. I'm going to tell you, you want to stop? You want to stop the enemy in his tracks? Learn the power of the name of Jesus. You want to stop the influence of the devil in your life? Learn how to use and pray in the name of Jesus. Learn how to call on that name. Learn how to lift up that name. Learn the power that rests in that name praise God praise God not only that amen but we also have the spirit we have the spirit we have the Holy Ghost we have the blood the name and the spirit first John 4 and 4 because greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world I got something on the inside of me. Praise the Lord. You know, when we got him on the inside, it doesn't matter what's happening. If we got enough of him on the inside, it doesn't matter what's happening out here. Praise the Lord. It doesn't matter what the atmosphere is or what is around us. We can overcome it. Praise the Lord. The Spirit is more powerful than the influences of hell. Second Timothy chapter number 1 and verse 7. For God hath, given us, hath not given us the spirit of fear, but a power. A power. And of love. And of a sound mind. He's not given us fear. We're not to live under that influence of worry and doubt and anxiety and nerve issues. Praise the Lord. But we have power over that. But one of the biggest advantages, amen, I can see that, that really you cannot, you cannot distill it down to necessarily one, so I'm just, I'm just going to give you another one, but one I want to focus on here this morning. One of the greatest advantages that you and I have is the ability to repent. You understand that? The ability to repent. Now, I hate the devil. I just want to settle that right up here, right up front. The devil hates me. I'm good with that. Amen. And if you've if you got to have everybody... On your side and everybody liking you all the time. You don't understand that concept. I hate the devil and the devil hates me. Amen. You got to learn as a child of God to be good with that. And understand that's the way it is. But one of the main reasons. There's many reasons we could talk about that the devil hates us so much. But one of the main reasons that he hates you and I. Is that he never received the opportunity that you and I have. That's right. Repentance was never in the contract for the devil. Once he breached his contract with God, there was never a chance for reconciliation. 
No chance for restoration. No chance for renewal. No chance that he could get back. It wasn't like if you behave yourself, devil, you're on probation right now, but if you behave yourself, we'll restore you back to heaven and we'll get you back in this thing and you, your, your rank's busted, but you know you can start down on the low man on the totem pole, work your way back up and, and you can get back in this thing. That, that isn't how it worked. In fact, the Gospel of Luke, the 10th chapter and the 18th verse said, as soon as Satan rebelled, The Lord said, I beheld Satan as lightning, as lightning fall from heaven. Light travels at 160 or 186,000 miles per second. That's moving out. That's, That's getting with it. But that is just an indication to you and I. He said, I beheld Satan fall like lightning to the earth travels that fast that's telling us or testimony to us just how quickly God is able to deal with his adversaries and and in turn how he's able to quickly deal with situations in our lives whenever he gets ready it doesn't take him a long time you may be struggling with you may be dealing with it but the moment that we can get our faith to the point that it touches God And God works in the situation. Amen. We know that God is able to move. And when he moves, he can move quickly. Somebody say quickly. But Satan, his fall was permanent. He he doesn't get a, a second round. He doesn't get another opportunity. He has no chance to repent. Adam fell in the garden. And ever since that time, God work towards giving man an opportunity to be reconciled with him, to be saved. Amen. And I'm thankful that we live in the day and the hour that we do, that we can have this advocate that I want to talk about here in just a moment. There was no restoration whatsoever in Satan's future, no chance in his contract of him ever being able to make it right or to be restored. It was permanent. No redemption. Forever his future is established. Forever it is certain. It doesn't matter. He doesn't have the opportunity to change no matter what he does. And he will eventually, the scripture tells us, be bound and cast into the lake of fire. And that's why he hates you so much. That's why he despises you. Is because when judgment came against you and I, not just on one occasion through the scripture, but multiple times through the word of God, when judgment was deserved, when judgment was forthcoming, when judgment seemed certain, man had the opportunity to overturn that judgment against him by one act, that act of repentance. Amen. Therefore, that's the reason why the devil hates you so much. And that's why he works overtime. Amen. That's why he endeavors relentlessly. He can never really be comfortable He can never really ever take a break and celebrate. It's never really over in the bag, as we like to say. This is why he is so undaunted. This is why he is so relentless. This is why he comes back over and over again, even When people backslide or they grow cold in the Lord and they walk away from God. Isn't it amazing 
that he doesn't stop working in their life there. He doesn't ever just rest and say, you know what, I got them. I'm going to move on to somebody else that I don't have. I'm going to target them for a little while. Oh, no. He continues. He continues to try to put things in their mind that isn't true. He, he continues to try to take them further down the road of deception. He wants to take them further into the trap and the snare that he has laid for them. He wants them to not only get in the web, he wants them to be entangled in the web. He wants to do all that he can to make it sure that they never come back, that they never respond, that they never overturn the judgment that is against them, that they never find an altar, that they never pray back through, that they never invoke the name of Jesus in their life again, that they never once get where they can access the blood of the Lord again. He wants to tell them through condemnation that they'll never be worthy to worship again. They'll never be able to come back to the house of God again. They'll never be able to find a place in God's kingdom again. He tries to convince them that the mistake and the failure that they have in their life is final. They can never get back up from this fall. They can never recover from this mistake and and it's just all over with. Why does he never give up on them even when it seems like he's gotten them? That's why he puts things in people's mind and they start believing things And, and the Bible says it this way. It says that they will believe a lie and be damned. Amen. Why is it that the devil just keeps on? I'm going to tell you why. Because the Bible tells us that he never got a chance to repent. And he resents the fact that you and I have a chance to come to an altar and say, God, I failed. I made a mistake. I come up short. I didn't do what I intended to do. But I need to find my way back to you. I need your blood to cleanse me again. I need you to renew me again. I need you to restore me again. I need you to give me a second chance. Amen. To start all over. I need, amen, to find you. Amen. And I need your forgiveness in my life. Amen. That's right. Because he knows. He knows the power of one trip to the altar. He knows that could change. It doesn't matter how many years he's had you. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. That can all be reversed in one service. All his work, all his labor, all of his endeavors, uh, all that he's tried to trip you up with, all that he's tried to, to, to put in your mind, uh, it can all be dislodged in one moment. I don't know about you, but even me as a human being, amen, when I put work and labor into something, I've made some investment of time and maybe finance, and I've sacrificed to get something done, and then to have that just, just, uh, you know, uh, totally destroyed in a moment is something. I can't imagine these people that have experienced these hurricanes and and, uh, some of them fires uh, when their life's work just goes up in a whiff of smoke or or a strong wind comes by and blows it asunder and it seems like everything they've worked their whole life for is gone in just a few moments. Uh, That's hard for us to wrap our mind around. And that's how the devil must feel when he looks and he said, I've labored, I've set so many ploys and traps and all kinds of things out there to get them in that place and suddenly, amen, they slipped the noose and they came down to an altar and they repented and they got their heart right with God and every bit of labor and sacrifice and work that I try to put in and time that I put in is totally gone and it's eradicated, amen, it's overturned. Why? Because there was somebody that said, I don't want to live like this no more. There's somebody that said, I'm sorry, God. There's somebody that said, hey, I got a revelation that I can come back. I I got a revelation that I could start over again. I got a revelation that it doesn't have to end like this. I got a revelation that things can change in my life. Amen. One trip to the altar. One prayer meeting. That's right. One act of repentance could turn it all around. You know, God's people have a propensity of getting back up. They got a propensity for bouncing back. And the devil has trouble with that. Because his challenge is to hold people down. 
get people to accept defeat and continue to accept it. Try to cause them to be lost forever. That's his challenge. And he knows that they ever hear the voice of a preacher like this morning that said, you know, you can come back. You can get it right. You can get it straightened out. You can repent. You can experience forgiveness. Everything's undone. Everything's overturned. Everything's revoked. Yeah. I no doubt the devil's mind has to go back to David. This, this, this one that he cherished as a trophy to try to destroy. Because David had been used of God. David was considered to be a man after God's own heart. This was a young man that had written so many encouraging worship songs unto the Lord. This was a young man that inspired an entire nation uh, and led them to victory over their enemies that tried to destroy and bring them down. He had wrecked havoc, if we could say it that way, upon the kingdoms of darkness. And this, this man, David, was a worshiper. And you know the devil despises worshipers. You know the devil hates worshipers because that used to be what he experienced. And that's what he used to be involved in. And that's what he used to do. But suddenly, uh, men have taken his place. And women of God has taken his place. And he resents that because he used used to feel what you feel and he used to experience what you, you what you experience he used to enjoy what you enjoy when you get in a worship service and you feel the presence of God he knows he knows that that moves God he knows that activates God's power he knows that God works through that he knows that he knows that God ministers to that and God amen likes that and favors that amen so David he has a target on his back David amen is set for the devil's uh, demise uh, and destruction. He wants to take him out. And I, there was times over and over again where you know it could have been, but he would rise above and he would overcome. And finally, he deceives him enough to stay home from a battle that he should have been engaged in. And tempts him and lures him away in his own lust. The Bible tells us in the book of James, When lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it's finished, it bringeth forth death. And in David's life, there was the death of his child. In David's life, there was the death of other children. As a result of this sin. Your sin never just affects you. It affects other people around you. And so we understand that David fell into the abyss of this sin and this tangled weave of sin. And it seemed like uh, the devil could, could put his hands together in celebration and clap them and rejoice that this man that was so much for God, this man that was so used, this man that was once anointed, look at him now! He's just a shell of what he used to be. You know, there was a preacher that God moved on that came and spoke to David, the prophet Nathan, and he gave him a message. And he said, David, you sinned against God. And David made a decision that day. I can languish here in my failure and I can continue to believe that uh, I, 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 can't, I can't reverse this and I can't go back and, and I'm just going to have to continue to try to cover it to, or I can, I can rend my heart before God and make myself open before Him and repent of this sin. And so we find in the book of Psalms, the 51st Psalm, He comes before the Lord after the preacher preached to Him and said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to Thy loving kindness." according to the multitude of thy tender mercies 
blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly of mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Amen. That's just like the devil to keep throwing it up and keep throwing it up. You know you made the mistake. You know you failed. You know you've been knocked down. And David had lived these days upon days under that condemnation. And it was ever before him. It was always there. The devil snickering and laughing and mocking and making fun. But he said, God, I need you to take care of that. I need you to wash me of that. And that's why he could say in verse 7, Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear the joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sin and blot out now my all my all of my iniquities. Created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. God, I repent and every bit of the devil's work in one moment and one prayer was reversed because there was a man that was willing to repent. There was a man that was willing to fall on his face before God and say, God, I'm not looking for excuses. I'm just looking for forgiveness. I need you to cleanse me. I repent of my sin. That's an advantage, folks. I said that's an extreme advantage. And the devil doesn't have that advantage. Maybe, and I'm winding up, maybe the devil is reminded every time he's tempted to rejoice and celebrate over you and I's failures and shortcomings. Maybe his mind goes back to Simon Peter. He had desired Simon Peter for a long time. Jesus had said to Simon Peter, he said, Satan hath desired to have thee that he may sift you as wheat. But I prayed for thee. Thy faith fell not. Amen. And we know the story, and I'm not going to belabor the point. But this man that it seemed so committed, and this man that was willing to take arms against those that came to capture Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, before it was all said and done, the Scripture indicates that he denied the Lord three times. And when he heard the crowing of the rooster, and he was reminded of the words of the Lord, the Bible tells us that he began to weep bitterly. And maybe the devil's given a fist pump. I've got him. I got Judas. Now I got one of the lead guys. I got, I got one of the main men. I got not just one of the twelve. I got one of the inner circle there. You know, Peter, James, and John. Look at there. He snickers. And he laughs. And he feels like I got this. I got control of him. Oh. But somewhere along the way when Jesus was standing on that shore and Peter was out there in that boat and he saw that it was the Lord that came to him. He said, I can't stay here. I can't live with this condemnation anymore. I can't live with this attitude of failure anymore. I can't simply exist and get by and, 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 and try, to, try to go back to my old lifestyle, go back to my old ways. I, I can't even attempt to do that. And the Bible tells us uh, that he ran to where he was. Uh, and, uh, and the Bible uh, indicates that that, 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 that that relationship was restored and reconciled. And the Lord said, if you love me, I want you to feed my sheep. And so in just a little while later, in Acts chapter 2, you talk about a major headache for the devil. You talk about a major repercussion 
for the enemy. It's when Simon Peter, the key holder of the New Testament, stands up on the day of Pentecost when there were those that said, Amen, these men are full of new wine. And he said, No, 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 no. Amen, let me preach to you what Joel prophesied about. Amen, let me tell you what's happening here. These are not drunk as ye suppose. Seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Amen. In the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That's what's happening here. Amen. That's what a promise is being fulfilled. And they were convicted in their heart. Amen. And the Bible says, they said, what do we need to do? And he stood up and said, I know what you need to do. I've been anointed to tell you. You talk about a bad day for the devil when Peter stood up and raised his voice and said repent repent I know something about that it wasn't too long ago that he did it for me I repented of my sins repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for this promise is unto you and to your children and all that are far off as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm telling you, Peter, is evidence that you don't have to live in failure. He is evidence that you don't have to live with a mistake. He is evidence that you can recover. Amen. You can be restored. You can be reconciled to your God. Let's stand to our feet right now. Lift up our voices to him. You have an advantage. You have an extreme advantage. But you see, the devil's work is to try to blind your eyes from that advantage that you have. The devil's work is to try to keep you from believing and having the faith that you could ever make it right. He's there to put every stumbling block that he possibly placed there before your path to an altar. He wants to do everything he possibly can to keep you from recovering. But somebody needs to make up their mind today and get a revelation of the fact that I do have an advantage in God. I have an advantage today. I can repent and get it right. Make it right with the Lord. I don't have to suffer with this feeling or these feelings of unworthiness. I don't have to continue to suffer with this feeling of condemnation and beat down and despair. But I can arise and I can make my way back. And I can, I can make it right with God. And I can be reconciled with Him. And I can be restored in Him here today. Oh, would you pray with me, church? Would you pray with me? Would you seek after God right now? Come on, let's feel after the Lord right now. Somebody needs to talk to Him. Somebody needs to call on Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God's given us God's given us a chance here today. He's given us a place to repent, an altar to cry out to Him in. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I wonder if there's somebody here today, and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't necessarily have to be. This this altar call is for it's for for guests and and for regulars because we all find ourselves in a position where we need to come back to the altar and just make sure. Amen. I, I every day I take advantage of this every day saying God if there's anything that I may not even be aware of that is in my heart that I'm harboring down in my spirit 
if there's anything that just isn't right there, I don't want to be lost. I want to be saved. I repent, God. I repent of every sin of omission. Amen. Where I've stumbled over lines that I shouldn't have. Amen. When I didn't mean to. Amen. And you saw it and you took note of it. I want you to, maybe I'm not even aware of it right now, but maybe I've, I've got something working in me that you're aware of. And I want you, God, to help me to overcome. I repent. I repent. I repent. Amen. That's a good word. That's not a bad word. It's not, it's not something for us to be afraid of or scared to do. But a child of God ought to be familiar. A child of God ought to understand that this is an advantage that I have. I can come into the throne room of God and say, God, again, I need your mercy. Again, I need you to cleanse and forgive and wash me. I wonder if there's somebody who'd like to take advantage of it this morning. I wonder if there's somebody who'd like to step out from where you are today and say, God, I just won't make certain. The Bible talks about us making our calling and our election sure. Amen. I want to make it sure. I want to make sure that I'm ready. I want to make sure my heart is right. I want to make sure my spirit is pure. I want to make sure that I'm heaven ready. Amen. I want to make sure that the rapture was to take place today. That I would be a part of that number that you would catch up in the air. Amen. And that I would go to be with the Lord. I pray Jesus that you would help us. I pray God that you would speak to our heart. I'm asking you Lord to move upon us everyone. In Jesus name. Come on let's reach out to heaven. Let's call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. Let's seek after God right now. Amen. Let's let's call upon Him. Let's don't be intimidated. But let's lift up our voices. Come on church. Come on let's pray together right now. There's folks that can touch God. There's folks that can overturn the works of the enemy. There's people that can, can right now in this place get out of that wicked web of deception and condemnation. You can get out of that wicked web. Amen. That the devil's trying to tangle you up in and tell you there's no hope and there's no way and you can never make your way back. The devil is a liar. You can overcome right now. Somebody needs to pray to him. Somebody needs to call on him. Somebody needs to lift up your voice. Amen. If you see somebody praying nearby you, would you pray with them? Amen. That God would give them victory. That God would help them. Amen. That God would restore some things in them. That God would touch and bless and minister to them. Hallelujah. Come on. Reach out to the Lord. He is available. He is available. He can overturn the judgment that is against you. He can overturn. Amen. The, the, the thing that the devil has meant for your destruction. Amen. God can give you freedom. He can give you freedom, freedom from that gnawing thing that hinders your worship. That hinders your praise. That keeps you from really entering into the presence of God. He can help you to overcome. Come on, let's talk to the Lord. Let's talk to the Lord. Amen. Let's pray to Him right now. Let's seek Let's seek the face of God right now. Amen. Let's pray one with another. Let's reach out to God together. Amen. Let's seek the face of God. Amen. In this service. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.